Broadcasting live high atop the Sunset Strip, deep in the heart of Tinseltown, via the World Wide Web at www.edamrocksradio.com. It's the Edam Rocks Radio Show. And now, your host, Son Edom. Does the voice inside tell you that you're not good enough? It's your fault, you're alone, you're worthless? The voices and lies give power to shape who you are and attempt to hijack your identity, twisting your perspective on God, on family, on your career, the church, and other relationships you might have. So whose voice are you listening to? Joining us is Brenda Crouch, the author of the book, Fight Forward, Reclaim the Real You, and we're going to talk about these issues and how we can get our identity back and how we can find our worth and overcome things that we might have experienced in our past. Brenda Crouch joining us. She is the author of the book, Fight Forward, Reclaim the Real You. And Brenda, thanks for joining us on a topic that for some people to talk about kind of brings up a lot of uh, bad feelings, maybe shame, regret, unworthiness, Mm -hmm. things that we might get to. But this is an important topic to discuss because there is healing and restoration uh, in God. Can you first share a little bit about uh, your youth and growing up and what kind of started to bring this topic of, the, of writing the book to the forefront for you? Oh, sure. And thank you, Son, for having me on. It's, it's great to be with you today. You know, um, growing up, I, I grew up actually in a Christian home, and, you know, for all intents and purposes, I had a good home. Um, my mother taught me the Bible, and she was really my role model for what it was to be Christ-like. Um, my father came from a background of abuse in his family, lots of alcoholism, um, sexual abuse, incest in the family. And, you know, what happens to people when, when they're abused really does fragment their souls. And so, you know, while my father was really trying hard to be what he thought was a good little Christian, you know, he was really kind of caught in his own shame. And and hindered by that. And there was a dark period of my dad's life that um, it was uh, the season that I was abused. And, you know, I eventually my dad came out of that, and I'm grateful for that. But it wasn't until his deathbed that he actually was able to confess to me um, and tell me that he was sorry. And, you know, I think that my childhood just really shaped and formed my identity. It twisted it because of the shame of sexual abuse. And then, of course, there was the a lot of legalism that came through my mother's side, which was all the preachers and the missionaries and, you know, good people. But some of the things um, about righteousness, they, they just really kind of missed the understanding, really, of grace. And so when you take those the, the juxtaposition, if you will, of those two things combined, um, it really pushed me to toward performance. And I learned at an early age that I was a great singer. I could hold people captive and, you know, I with my voice and with my performing. And so I really kind of took up identity in becoming this sort of glamorous image. And But that only led me into, you know, um, the kind of relationships where people didn't really value me for me. And I think that was because I never really knew who I was. How important, yeah, how important was it for you to be able to get that apology from your father before he passed on? Was it, was it a significant moment in time? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and it was something I prayed for. Um, I do describe in the book how that I, in my 
uh, I think in my 40s, I tried to talk to my dad. You know, I really had finally come to a place where I was a little more comfortable in my skin. I was a little braver, and I tried to talk to him. And, you know, it it was just not something he could do. And so it was so important to me, and I'd prayed, and I'd prayed, God, I need this closure. I need this to be to really come into the light for both of us. And so, you know, whenever he did, finally, on his deathbed, I mean, it was by complete surprise. It was in a room full of people, uh, relatives, and I was absolutely stunned. But my heart was prepared. You know, God will prepare you, and he orders his step, and his timing is perfect. And, you know, I was able to pray with my father because he had not been able to forgive himself, and I already had forgiven him. And I was able to pray with him, and there was just such mercy and grace, and especially in the understanding that, you know, most abusers come from having been abused, and that's really what's so sad. And, and the thing that I really want to just kind of rip the lid off and say, this is a, um, pardon me, but a demonic system, and it's something that's really penetrated our culture, and, and it, it often, it hides in secrets, but... You know, as we're in a Me Too era, and we're seeing people all over the place coming out with their stories, both, you know, men and women. It's, it's really tragic. Yeah, I would agree, too, the demonic side of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I also grew up in a Christian home, church, things like mm-hmm. that throughout my childhood, my youth, my yeah. adult. and. It's hard sometimes, sometimes you mentioned the Me Too movement that, you know, in a non-Christian or a non-church environment, it, people have an easier time sometimes to, to come out with some of these things because there's right. not that religiousness behind right. it, if that makes sense. And, and so for you mm-hmm. in the church and for others in the church, when you have that, well, this isn't how it's supposed to be, this isn't how Christians are supposed to be, we yeah. need to maybe cover this up, whatever the case may be, does it make it harder for people within the church to have to try to speak out or or get healing from a situation such as abuse because of the nature of the religion? Yeah, you know, sadly, I think it does. And at least in the past it has. And I think the church is really coming into a new um they're birthing something new themselves, and they're coming into a new season where they're they're a little less afraid of what these real issues look like, and they're getting more willing to to kind of walk through the process. And it really is such a process. We want to the the sad mistake that the church has made in the past is we want to whitewash everything and and kind of candy coat you know the message of the gospel with this you know you say a little prayer down at the altar and. And everything should go away, right? You know, and, and it's just, that's not how it happens. And you've got to be able to form relationships with people that are safe enough for you to be able to come out of your shame and into the light and, and bear all in a, and you know, that's it's just, it's such a delicate dance, um, for lack of a better term. But I think that there's been a lot of bad advice given in the past to people, and you know, and and sometimes the church feels it's their responsibility to even determine whether or not something is true, and that's really not their responsibility. And I think there's a whole community of you know practitioners that can help that process. But it absolutely is necessary that the church is not really it's perceived more as a courtroom often instead of a hospital, and you know it really should be a place where the broken can come and be healed, but then be equipped, you know, to become who they really 
were intended to be in the first place. That's an absolutely phenomenal uh, analogy there. The church mm-hmm. being the courtroom versus the hospital, mm-hmm. I think that paints a huge picture as to yeah. what people sometimes do experience. And the hospital is the healing is what they are needed, and yet they right. get they get the courtroom. The, the forgiveness aspect from your father, you mentioned you forgave him, um, mm-hmm. and just just people that have suffered, how important is that forgiveness aspect for both the, the person that has been abused and then for the person that maybe did the abusing? It's huge. It's everything. Um, you know, that's really the crux of where everything pivots and you can move forward, um, which is why I titled my book, Fight Forward. You know, like I said, we're in this Me Too culture where everybody's angry and they're exposing the monster. And, you know, that's a part of a part of the process is exposing the truth. But you can't get stuck there. And I think that we're just kind of stuck and we don't know what to do now with this new information and all these secrets that are being, uh, you know, screamed from the rooftops. Um, we're, we're a little puzzled by it. And so in, in the aftermath of the shock, we've got to be able to come in with the answers. And, and that's why I think that testimonies like mine are so important right now, because I can honestly tell you that it was through the power of forgiveness, and not just for my father, but also for, you know, later I experienced um, domestic violence, and I was able to forgive each person in my life that nearly crushed me and left me pulverized. And to be able to forgive is so empowering, but you can't do it on your own. You just can't do that in your own human strength. And that's why it is so critical to discover the resurrection power that Jesus brings and, you know, where we find our identity in Him and our strength in Him and we're transformed from the inside out. And as His heart and His nature is formed within us, that, my friend, is where we're able to truly forgive the things that, you know, we just could not forgive on our own. Brenda Crouch joining us. She's the author of a new book, Fight Forward, Fight Forward, Reclaim the Real You. And you mentioned earlier, and also you talk about it, um, you were involved in the modeling and entertainment industry. Um, a lot uh-huh. of a lot of people, you know, perceive this life as glamour, as fame and fortune. But oftentimes, it has a strikingly different effect on someone's life. Uh, can you share us uh, share with us what you can about your experience in this uh, in this form of the lime life that you were in for a while? Sure, I you know like I said before, I, I felt like when I saw that glamorous image on others, and, and I grew up in Nevada where you know the entertainment industry was just so big around me, and I I just really latched in because my talent really lined up with all this. I was a performer and. And, you know, I entered the pageant system with the Miss America pageant, and I really started to feel like it was empowering me, you know, to a certain degree. I think those programs can be very wonderful and equip people with some confidence and, you know, stage presence and interview skills and all those things. But it's not going to really heal the, the hijacked identity. That I like to call it a hijacked identity because I think the enemy comes in with lies and he twists our identity through wounds. And so mine was hijacked, and I just didn't know who I was. And, you know, I was so sincere, and I would pray, and I would say, God, I want you to be glorified. And I think God saw the 
the purity of my heart. And, and he honored those prayers, and he honored, he, he favored me during that time. But I, you know, I went into the modeling industry after that, and I was, I, you know, everyone else's opinion, I was doing great. I was, uh, you know, successful. I was, I would see my face on kiosks at, in retail stores in the mall, and, you know, I was doing um, all sorts of, every aspect of modeling and uh, television and radio. And, and I just was working myself to death thinking, okay, I'm driven. I'm, I'm going to make it. And I was hiding all of the, the aspects of abuse. I was hiding my bruises. I was hiding especially the bruises on my heart and, and in my soul. And so behind my smile that I was projecting was a very hurting and broken person. And nobody knew that this is where I was living, that I had this kind of double life because I was living with abuse at home. And so I was miserable. And I, I missed, honestly, I just I missed the roots of, of uh, Christianity that my mother had taught me. And I'd gotten so far away from the Lord at that point in my life because I was just trying to become something. I was trying to be the butterfly, if you will. And I didn't know how to achieve that outside of just performing. And so the demands that are on you when you're in that performance mode, you just you have to keep the ball rolling and you, you're paddling hard, you know, like the, the, you know, paddling hard under the water and you're trying to keep this serene appearance on, on the surface. And uh, it, after a while, you know, it, it just, I broke. And, um, but I, I really believe that that was God's grace in that season for me as he then gently and graciously began to kind of peel the onion back and say, okay, baby girl, we're going to get to the root of who you really are and who you've hated, who you've rejected, and I'm going to help you learn to love her, the person that I created, and teach you who she really is. You know, as I sit here and listen, you speak boldly and confidently about this, and, and you mentioned being on stage and, and having this performance and the confidence in being a performer and having assurance in yourself. But yet, mm-hmm. when people come out of abuse or they experience abuse, they're often quiet yeah. and they and and they hold it within. Right. And it's the opposite of kind of what your personality is that you're describing. Sure. So, at what point then did you <laughs> kind of break free and get that strength and courage to start to reclaim your life, reclaim yeah. the real you? Well, well, and and I'm glad you asked me that question because this is really a, a huge motivation for why I wrote the book. I think that we confuse the quiet personalities often with um, being insecure and the bold ones being confident. And what I'm trying to get at is a little deeper. I'm saying that often we, we replace our real um, personhood with a counterfeit, and that is where we're performing. And so we're projecting something that we think is going to be more lovable what everybody wants to see, we're, we're saying and doing all the things that, and it might not be necessarily on a, a, the platform of a stage. It might be through your career or something else. But, um, you know, we're all kind of prone to do this. And I was the, the introverted extrovert, if, if you will. I really was kind of shy in my own person. I, I didn't like having to talk one-on-one with people. I, you know, I felt like I would be exposed and they'd see through me. And so I felt much more comfortable really on a stage in, in front of thousands of people where I could do my magic and they all, you know, it was like my happy pill. 
And I really believe that Hollywood is loaded with this. And whether the wounds are coming from sexual abuse or, you know, any kind of abuse, there there are abuses against our person and assaults against our person and our identity, even when we're young. And it's the work of the enemy to come in and lie to us and say, you're not good enough, and you've got to be this in order to be loved, because he fills us with this self-hatred. And mine came through this this break where, you know, the sexual abuse is what twisted my identity. And I didn't understand because of it being a person that I needed and I loved. And, and you know, this person gave me, also gave me love and gave me shelter and provision. You know, you don't know how to differentiate the two things as a child. And so you carry those dynamics into your relationship when you're older, and you'll accept the abuse from someone that tells you they love you, thinking, well, but they love me. And you need to be loved so much that you'll take the abuse. And that's what keeps women in these relationships very often. Brenda Crouch joining us. She is the author of the book, Fight Forward, Reclaim the Real You. And you're sharing about uh, your experiences. I'm sure that's why it led up to writing the book. But you you just made a comment about people staying in these relationships, uh, these abusive relationships, because they feel that love or they desire that love that they think they're getting. If, if there's somebody listening that is hearing this and they're in that situation, but yet they don't know what to do to get out of it or what steps to take, right. what, what would your experience or what would you tell them? Well, there are many levels of abuse. Um, and, you know, if you're in a physical uh, abusive situation, I would encourage whoever's listening, if, if you're experiencing physical abuse from someone, you need to get out of that relationship immediately because you may think that that will not escalate into something worse, but you are in a dangerous situation and anybody that would raise their hand to you or pinch you or do something that hurts you physically, um, they, will, they will move to the next level. And they're not respecting you. They are not, that is not love. And if you need help, if you're in a situation where you have no one that you can go to, a family member or a church member or someone, then, you know, call one of the abused women's shelters um, in Los Angeles. Um, you can call Safe Passage Heals. There's, there's a number of different organizations around the globe, really, that will help women and children who are in abusive situations. So that is the first and foremost thing. We've really got to understand that safety is ultimately, and even if you're in a dating relationship, there are many dating relationships that are riddled with abuse. And so often, you know, we don't understand or recognize when we're the one that's used to being abused or we're the, used to be betraying our own selves and our own emotions. We don't understand what healthy boundaries are in relationships. Well, often in a relationship where um, they just make you feel, you know, like crud. And you you feel like you're just a nobody in that, that relationship. You, don't, you can't find your voice. You don't know how to speak up. And so I would suggest that you find counseling to help you in both situations, but counseling to help guide you to what, what are the healthy uh, boundaries for relationships, and what should you be expecting from a relationship? What does a reciprocal, healthy relationship look like? You know, it's 
honor and respect should go both ways. And grace, grace is such a big thing to build uh, a healthy relationship on, you know, where there's love, there's going to be grace and mercy and compassion. So I think that you've got to understand and recognize where you are in your relationship and, and uh, you know, what are those red flags that you need to really be paying attention to. So I do talk about that in my book, too. I liked earlier when you mentioned hijacked identity, because I think it really mm-hmm. describes what it is you're talking about. A lot of people identify themselves by their job, by who they're with, their social status, Instagram likes, and so on. But yet, yeah. it's not our true identity. And in this case, when we're talking about abuse and we're talking about people that are dealing with some serious situations, it's almost like mm-hmm. they become that victim and that's their identity, but it's really not. So the hijacked identity, I think really kind of defines or really points out exactly what it is. It's the true you that has been taken away. But can you elaborate a little bit more on the hijacked identity theme that you mentioned? Yeah. Well, you know, to, for something to be hijacked, it's, it's basically intercepted. It's a in transit. And I like to think of us as, you know, our cargo is, is this, beautiful spirit soul that God gave us and and we're carrying this cargo and the enemy comes along to hijack us hijack us on that road on that journey somewhere and then you know he wants to kill steal and destroy and he's looking to rob us of it's it's not just our voice but when i say your voice i'm talking about your authority and if you don't know who you are and you haven't found that person in the mirror of the glory of Jesus Christ, you don't know who you are. I don't care if you've been abused or not. And so, you know, it's so often the enemy, like I said, comes in with these lies, and he wants to twist and steal what God gave to us to be a powerful, powerful tool against the kingdom of darkness, because you're walking in real truth and you're walking in the the truth of who you really are and the power of God's Word, you're a weapon in God's hand, and the enemy knows that. So I think that his whole strategy is really to take us out early and replace what was authentically given by God with a counterfeit version. I talk in my book a little bit about divas and doormats, and, you know, we kind of can see how culture has really even influenced the Church, and you know, it's fun to call ourselves a diva, or, you know, you know people that kind of roll over and they're the doormat, little minions that run around after the divas. And I don't think that God intends for us to be either one of those things, son. I think that really where He wants us to be walking in the identity of Christ, which is right down that middle lane, pure, holy, righteous, but it's in him. It's not in us. It's not in what I've done or what I can do. Brenda Crouch joining us. She is the author of the book, Fight Forward, Reclaim the Real You. And we're talking about, um, you know, surviving basically and, and overcoming. But you, and, you, and obviously you have the book uh, that's, 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 that people can read about more. But there's so much to this that it's, it's really an in-depth topic for people from varying, varying degrees of their involvement in it. But if there was going to be like maybe a main point or is there is there even possible the possibility of a main yeah. point or a theme <laughs> yeah. that someone can get from it? Yeah. Is, is, I mean, what, what can people take from your book when they read it? Because it, it, it's not only going to affect people that might be a victim of abuse or might be a part of that. Yeah. But when you talk about hijacked identity, that could be 
anybody could have their identity hijacked by yeah. anything, and it doesn't have to be as severe as what we're talking about. So what, right. what would you like for readers to get out of the book or, or um, you know, when, when they read it? Well, you know, the scripture in Romans says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And there's evil all around us. We all know it. And, you know, we like to interpret good as what, you know, what we rationally think of as good, as being kind, and all those things are good. But, you know, our passions and our desires really maintain the opposite of what is good in, in according to God's heart and his ways are higher than our ways. And so you know, this morning I was looking at my spring blossoms, and I just came from D.C. I'm back in SoCal right now, but, you know, back in D.C. we were seeing the cherry blossoms, and there's just this sweet fragrance right now with all the blossoms that are on the trees and the plants, the flowers. And it's I love that season, but that's, that's a young, that's the birthing season of something that's coming. There's fruit that's coming. And I think of the, you know, where the disciples, where Jesus commanded them not to tell the things that they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. And so, you know, that really speaks to my heart, Son. It tells me that until we have really seen and understood the power of the resurrection, the resurrected Christ within ourselves, until that really rises up within us, we're not to really tell things, but, but we want to go out and we want to tell everybody how to do things, and we want to tell them how wonderful Christ is, and that's great. But until you really have birthed this resurrection power with, within yourself and, and it rises up within you, you don't walk in that kind of um, where it dominates you, and you just totally understand who you are because of that, because of the power of Jesus' blood. That, my friend, is where we walk in power, we have authority, and we can call things out, and we can speak life. So that is the purpose that God gave for every one of us. And I think that every—I know that every single one of us is in a process, and that process is so beautiful. And I just want to encourage your listeners that it doesn't matter where you are, if you're struggling. You know, you might be in college, you might be— um, in a, a career, you might be having family issues or whatever is stressing you out today, whatever you are carrying and you're trying to make work and you're asking God for His blessing, I want you to just relax into the process and let Him have it all and just say, God, uh, be glorified in my life today and tomorrow and every day, and let Him walk you through some of the hardest things that I have ever faced. I can look back and see that his thumbprint was all over it. And he carried me, he preserved me, and he brought me out of the things that were dragging me down and that were going to kill me. And he's put me where now, you know, I've got a foothold that is so strong. And it's like I've got a backbone of steel. Nothing's going to change what I know because the resurrection power of Jesus has risen within me. I think those are some powerful words because just thinking about my day today prior to us having this conversation, there was a lot of things that I was you know, concerned about, worried about. I have to take care of this, mm-hmm. do that. And I'm trying to deal with it all myself. And right. when you just mentioned, you know, just give it over to God. Let him yeah. be in control. Don't worry about it. Just let yeah. God lead you to do your part. And it kind of then 
gives you this relief feeling. So as I'm listening to you talk and sharing those words, you know, I kind of am thinking I need to be doing that. And I feel a, a calmer sense coming over me, like God's peace coming on me. Mm, that's good. And so I, th- yeah. I think it's important for people to realize that even the littlest of things, I know we're talking about, um, you know, mm-hmm. overcoming abuse here and we're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. finding your voice and some, some, you know, more serious things. But even when it comes to the simpler things in life that sometimes we often think are just trivial, they're not trivial with God. A person, you are not trivial with God. You are as important Amen. as anything with him. And I think people yeah. need to remember that. Yes, absolutely. In, I think, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, um, you know, in the description of the, of the book, uh, it talked about, you know, does the voice, what does the voice inside tell you? And it's, and it's kind of finding your voice, you know, is your voice telling you yeah. that it's your fault, you're not good enough, things like that. And, and right. I guess that would be something that would be lies from Satan. Like you mentioned earlier, he's, he's on the prowl looking to see who he could devour. Do you think mm-hmm. that it's important for people? And, and one of the reasons why I like you sharing your stories, because people are hearing from somebody that's gone through this. Do you think it's important for yeah. people to reach out to those who have uh, overcome and gone through things to, to help them realize that, you know what, it doesn't matter what you're going through. I've been there. I've overcome it. And Absolutely. you can too. Yes. And, you know, I mean, there's a reason that we come into the season where, you know, the Bible talks about mentoring those that are younger. And that's my heart. I mean, I just love um, getting to talk with young women who are starting out fresh in life and be able to say, look, this is, this is where I made mistakes and let my life be an example to you. And, you know, I, I truly believe that, you know, it's, it's, it's true that what the enemy meant for harm, God will turn and use for our good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so I know that I have always loved him and I'm called according to his purpose. And he's been so faithful to me. And, you know, I think that it's now looking back, I having gone through such extreme things, extreme brokenness, has birthed some of the most beautiful fruit in my life and has brought me closer to Jesus than I probably ever would have been without the pain. And so I can honestly say from pure heart, um, I can encourage people that, you know, you're not going to find anything sweeter. There's nothing better than knowing Christ at the center of your soul and in, and and letting Him be in everything that you do and just having that desire to bring glory to God as He created you to be. And you're unique. Each one of us is so unique. And, you know, we're different. We look different. We sound different. We've got totally different personalities. And that is for a purpose. And so you have a purpose that God wants to do something to mark this world with. And, you know, that may be in your family, your children, your community, your church, um, your workplace, in the marketplace. That's huge. We need to be out there, you know, taking who we are and the the brilliant light of Jesus Christ out into the community. So I, I hope I answered your question with yeah, that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, just, it was just, you know, it's just something that sometimes people don't really realize, that sometimes the trivial yes. things are just as important. Um, they so are. Brenda Crouch is with us, the author of the book Fight Forward, Reclaim the Real You. Um, also, um, kind of touching on the topic, you know, the inner voice telling you you're not good enough versus God telling you I made you for a purpose and a reason. You obviously have a passion for God. You have a love for Christ. Your, you know, your witness and testimony comes out when you talk about it. Uh, can you just yeah. share a little bit? If someone's listening, like, you know, I want that, you know, 
I'm not yeah. really living for anything right now, but you know what Brenda's talking about, what she's overcome, what God has helped her through. You know, that's something that is could be for me. Can you just kind of share your faith and 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 what yeah. God can do for others that might be searching? You know, we all want something to be passionate about, and I think God made us that way. That's just our instinct, and so we we're all purpose driven, but we just don't know what our purpose is often, and. Um, uh, I think we have kind of mislabeled who Jesus is and what he's about, and because we have this picture that's been painted by religion, you know, in the past. And I'm not saying that religion is all bad. There's some wonderful attributes about re- religion, and, and we need it to a certain degree, but we can't have just religion and then miss the whole person of Jesus, and, and often it overshadows who, who Christ is. And so, you know, you can find Christ without without being involved in any kind of religious um, community. He is there at the mention of his name. And so I would encourage anybody who is um, just, you know, in the middle of their ordinary day, whatever that means, whatever that looks like for you, to just begin to converse with him and say, you know, I believe that you're real, and I... I know that you're real, I've been taught, or I haven't been taught, whatever it is, wherever you are, but just begin to converse with Him and ask Him to reveal Himself and His truth to you and let Him know that you want a deeper relationship with Him. You want to be able to hear His voice. You want to know what it is to commune with Him. And I assure you that when you begin to walk in this kind of relationship, it's, it really is a relationship. It's like, you know, getting up in the morning and saying, good morning, how you doing? I love you. And, you know, sometimes I just want to bless the Lord. You know, I don't always go to Him and say, oh, I need this and I need that. But, you know, He's there for all of it. And I assure you that when you walk in this kind of a relationship with Him, as you let Him in closer and closer and closer, more intimate, the more intimate your walk becomes, the more power you're going to see, the more favor you're going to see in your life, even when the rain and the storm is coming. He's going to walk you through everything. We don't. It doesn't mean we get this like magical, perfect little life. It's because it's in the pain that we actually discover the, the greatest sweetness. Like I said before, that's where the new wine comes in the pressing. But just embrace those seasons and know that He's with you, and you're never, ever alone. You're never alone. And I think that the peace that comes from that. It's so amazing. And then those mountaintop experiences are even better when they come. And just knowing that God did this. things There's things in my life, son, that I could never, ever have. Um, I, I could never have planned. I could never have foreseen. And when I look at the, the journey now, I just it blows my mind because God is so good. He's so good. I like that, too, when you talk about having the relationship with God in the morning, saying hello, um, you know, just yeah. blessing him. It's almost like if you take the formality of the religion right. away, you have a better opportunity mm-hmm. of developing a relationship with him. Absolutely. And I think sometimes people miss that. I know sometimes I miss the boat because of the um, or some opportunities and experiences with God because of the formalities of religion. And all he wants right. is a relationship. He doesn't want the formalities. Right. He just wants you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. There's time for everything. But the, the most important thing, I mean, when I wake up in the mornings and I see my husband, I say, good morning. No, I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm not using the King James language. Right. And uh, I think your, your 
spot on there. The uh, the book is Fight Forward, Reclaim the Real You. Brenda Crouch with us. And and is there anything else you'd like to share about the book um, that we haven't touched on? Anything else that you'd like just to share with people before uh, before we go? Well, you know, I'm addressing, um, I give a, a picture of my journey, but how God changed my identity from victim to victor. And I really think that we've got to overcome the victim identity right now in our culture, um, and, and really through the whole world, uh, every one of us could easily find a reason to feel victimized. Um, this book is not just for people who've been abused. It's for anybody that's at a crossroads, anybody that's at a place where they wish they might have made some better decisions or they're, they're facing decisions that are life-changing. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of nuggets in here that they came to me um, the hard way, <laughs> but... You know, I paid a high price, and, and even to tell my story, I didn't do this just uh, for me to have, uh, you know, I was past the point of needing therapy, and I didn't do this for just a calling card. I really did this to help people because I love people, and I, I want them to know the freedom and the empowerment that they will find in a relationship with Christ, and they will find who they truly are, and there'll be nothing else like it that they could ever discover without Him. I know for me, I, I've never really experienced abuse, um, and mm-hmm. so on the cover, when you talk about the the book, it seems like okay, I, I haven't experienced that, so what can I gain from it? But going right. through it, but going through it, the the things that stuck out were you know the voice, you're not good enough, yeah, the the yeah. identity that's been hijacked, you know that right. that fits me. My identity's been hijacked uh, several times, right. and and you know what can I do to get that back? Whose voice exactly. are you listening to? Are you listening to Satan's? Yeah. Are you listening to God's? Uh, what voices are telling you truth versus the voices that are telling you lies? So like you mentioned, there are things in there that people who might not have experienced things that you have experienced, um, they mm-hmm. can still get from it that is uh, that makes sense and that is applicable to, to one's life. And we really appreciate you for sharing that because it is something oh, that you. we all need to also remember. It's not just the great, uh, you know, the egregious sins, so to speak, that, you know, we need to address exactly. with our lives. It's sometimes the littlest things that uh, hijack our identity. And I love mm-hmm. the analogy of the uh, the church, the courtroom versus the hospital, and how we need to yeah. be more hospital and less courtroom um, right. and, and start that healing, because I think that's really a good analogy. Um, exactly. Social media, so where, if, if people, I know you, you talked about singing um, and, and mm-hmm. performing and things like that. You got the book. So if people want to find out more, maybe want to track down, uh, you know, singing your CDs or, or where they can find you, uh, social media, online presence, yeah. things like that, where can we get you? You can find me at brendacrouch.com and I'm on Instagram at brenda underscore crouch and I'm on Twitter, brenda l crouch. And Facebook is Brenda Crouch Ministries, and I've got lots of wonderful things coming up. I'm I'm uh, planning on working on some new music soon. I'm focused on the book. I've been focused on the book this whole past year, but uh, lots of great things. And just know you're not going to be disappointed if you get the book. There's a lots of uh, just wonderful deep nuggets in there that that will surprise you. And I even talked to the church about some of these issues and uh, racial. I address racial reconciliation, all of it. We, we really need healing um, to come. So I, I hope that uh, my prayer is that God's going to use my voice and that this is, I've, I've just been obedient to his call. And so now it's in his hands. <laughs> Absolutely. That's all we can do is just like someone said, just 
scatter the seed yeah. and let God exactly. do the do the rest. Yes. Brenda, thanks so much for sharing with us and for spending time with us. Uh, really appreciate the words that you've uh, shared mm-hmm. and and I know Thank that you, you know Todd. yeah people you know get the book in hand they're going to read it and I know that you can get something out of it it's going to affect everybody's life that that touches that book and reads it so thank you so much for sharing with you us and uh, and uh, you know best of luck in all you do I know you got a lot going on and and we our prayer is going to be that God uses you to mightily to touch many people so keep spreading thank those you. seeds thank you appreciate you friend Brenda Crouch the author of the book Fight Forward Reclaim the Real You special thanks to Brenda Crouch for joining us. The book, again, is entitled Fight Forward, Reclaim the Real You, and you can find it at all the usual book places. And that's going to do it for us. Hey, thanks for listening, and do tell a friend. Until next time, God bless.